Blog Talk Radio. Decoration day, y'all in the Gullah Geechee Nation. We're so glad that I wanted to tune in one more again to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. This year, the Queen Quet Head Bundy Body. This year, Gullah Geechee Nation. And so glad that I wanted to join me one more again upon we program where we the key upliftment to the living legacy and the pay ancestral homage. So glad that I wanted to chill in the day with we this evening. Upon this year, day that plenty of people, the day of Jonah, call them Memorial Day and things like that. But we the call this year Decoration Day in the Gullah Geechee Nation. Now, one of might say, well, what kind of thing this year? Why you the call them so and such a thing like a daddy? Well, back of Yona, about 150 years. Now, hundred and yet me to say that for now. You understand? Say, down yon, plenty of things been to happen. After Big Shoot been to start. And even while Big Shoot been to grind on and things like a daddy. And one of the things, the fact that when this thing were honor to call the Civil War, then the going on, what we call Big Shoot and thing, that this shall been the place where plenty thing were been a going on, then the change up and thing like that all through the land. Well, you know, see, then bigger shoot. And be just a little bit of people be going dead for fight for who he does and thing like that. If we're plenty of we people, what we going did during this year battle? What hundred of the about called the Civil War? What hundred of the about calling the war a brother against brother? And as some of the people don't serve to call them still, the war a northern aggression. Well, when plenty of people been together together around this year time, if they need one place for bury all of them. So right here in Beaufort, South Skakalaki, this year place where they're from, where the mecca for all of these Yasialat. In the Gullah Geechee Nation. I see, like, other rest of places so there in the Gullah Geechee Nation, the thing like that. You have some with an island and then some with a mainland. Most of Beaufort County, South Kakalaki, the sea islands and things like that. One such, the Port Royal Island. From Port Royal Island, we got this your place there. What are the National Cemetery? Any in the United States. No, all of them in the up north. All of them in the up yonder near Washington, D.C. The one where Lincoln 
be signing just like 150 years ago. Lincoln been the one. Well, make them so. So this is your paper called Emancipation Proclamation. Being going to be read, write your in beautiful South Skakalaki. Lincoln saw in hand and said, make a place for buried. We dead. Them will be in a fight. In this your big shoot. Some of them been a week ago to get your ancestors. So we would have gathered together from May 1st, 1865, for the first Declaration Day, till now, for Guani Yona and lay flowers and things, pay homage to all of them who been a sacrifice in life during the Civil War. This your thing was started by we ancestors, the people who've been in bondage and things like that back in Yona. So right now we won't give a moment of silence for them who be fight for we, freedom, back in Yona, and so that this your day, remember that. And we decorate them with this year. Good thing coming from we soul in this moment. Amen. So for many of you who don't know Gullah Geechee and you're celebrating Memorial Day today, I wanted to greet you on behalf of the Gullah Geechee Nation. And this is Queen Quet, Chiefess and Head of State for the Gullah Geechee Nation. And as we say in the praise house and in the church here, I thought it not robbery to spend this day not only honoring our ancestors here on Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio and dedicating this program today to all of the men and women who fought during what is called the U.S. Civil War that we call Big Shoot and things like that. I wanted to honor them because on May 1st, that used to be Decoration Day, which shifted to becoming Memorial Day. If you are on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, you have seen an outstanding article that is entitled How Memorial Day Was Stripped of Its African-American Roots. If you are on Twitter, we are Gullah Geechee on Twitter. You can go there and also see that we have tweeted the link to that same article that was written by Ben Becker in Dominion of New York. As soon as I opened that article, I was looking into the eyes of our ancestors who fought for our freedom. And as you've heard on this broadcast and you've seen on Gullah Geechee TV, if you have not been here in the Gullah Geechee Nation this year, you know that this is 150 years since the signing of the U.S. Emancipation Proclamation. I want to read a little bit from this article. It says, what we now know as Memorial Day began as Decoration Day in the immediate aftermath of the U.S. Civil War. It was a tradition initiated by former slaves to celebrate emancipation and commemorate those who died for that cause. Now, what is so interesting is he could have just simply gone on with the political dialogue thereafter, where he discusses how politics need to be re-entered to go into this discussion as to why it became a general celebration for everybody, thus taking away from the fact that it was Gullah Geechee's, which he doesn't use the term Gullah Geechee in here. He just says people of Africans and African Americans. Well, they were Gullah Geechee's that were here that started up this Decoration Day, honoring those who had gone on before us, but especially those who had just fought and died for a cause. And this started up in Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, you're in the Gullah Geechee Nation. And so I definitely want to give the respect due to all of our ancestors, all of the people who fought and died for us, that definitely taught us also by what they did that we need to stand up for freedom. But I want to read to you something in particular that is quoted in this article that came from something that a Yale University professor named David Blight stated when he retold what had happened, all right, so that you will get a connection as to why is this broadcast also focusing on our presence, all right, and our present time and what we need to be doing to fight for freedom yet today. During the final year of the war, the Confederates had converted the planter's horse track, the Washington Race Course and Jockey Club, into an outdoor prison. Union soldiers were kept in horrible conditions in the interior of the track. At least 257 died of exposure and disease and were hastily buried in a mass grave beyond the grands, behind the grandstand. Some 28 black workmen went to the site, reburied the Union dead properly, and built a high fence around the cemetery. They whitewashed the fence and built an archway over an entrance on which they inscribed the words, Martyrs of the Race Course. Then, 
Black Charlestonians, in cooperation with white missionaries and teachers, staged an unforgettable parade of 10,000 people of the slaveholders on the slaveholders' race course. The symbolic power of the Low Country Planner aristocracy's horse track, where they had displayed their wealth, leisure, and influence, was not lost on the freed people. A New York Tribune correspondent witnessed the event, describing Quote, a procession of friends and mourners of South Carolina and the United States never saw before, end quote. At 9 a.m. on May 1st, the procession stepped off, led by 3,000 black school children carrying armloads of roses and singing John Brown's Body. The children were followed by several hundred black women with baskets of flowers, wreaths, and crosses. Now, why did I want to read that to you? Because here it is the children. It is the women and it is the children. But notice the children were followed by the women. The mothers standing behind their children as they marched that day, honoring those who had not been properly cared for and therefore they passed on. Honoring them by making a place of memorial to them, but then honoring every year thereafter by laying flowers upon those graves, decorating them. The true decorating of our soldiers came after their passing. Unlike many soldiers today that get their pins and so on put on their lapels and on their jackets and around their necks with various honors when they're in the military, but who honors the souls of our soldiers who've gone on before us? Here it is, the children led the way. The parents followed. Well, in this document, you also heard that there was an issue about the health of the people. So if you read a little bit of the description before you tuned in tonight or before you downloaded this to your iPods or your iPad to listen for this week's broadcast, you're saying, well, why is Queen Quite talking about that? And I thought we were going to talk about the United Nations. Yes, we are, because this is all about human rights and how our human rights as Gullah Geechis has always been tied to the mother and the children. The rights of the human being, even during chattel enslavement, had to do with what your mother was born. Was she born free or was she born enslaved? That then determined what you were to be as a child. Well, even today, Gullah Geechee's with dual citizenship in the Gullah Geechee Nation and within the United States, you know that there are laws that apply to us, and then there are laws that the U.S. does not apply because the U.S. will say, well, that's beyond our jurisdiction, or we have not signed on to it, or they don't say anything. They just don't discuss it. Well, one of the things that has often come up when I've gone to the United Nations to represent our people today, being the Queen Mother, walking out but behind my ancestors, who were even those children we talked about in this procession, who now also lay at rest has been this issue of the Convention on the Rights of the Child. The United States signed the U.N. Convention on the Rights of the Child, but is one of only three United Nations member states that have not ratified it. The other two are Somalia and South Sudan. Now, you always say, what what kind of thing that is? Why would they put it forth and then not ratify it? And you know with the U.S., if something's not ratified, then they feel like they don't need to address it. The Convention on the Rights of the Child, all right, was actually adopted on November 20th of 1989. They then went forth on September the 2nd of 1990, all right, with this convention. You have 193 countries around the world that went ahead from way back then and things like that, and been on Turkey and put the paper. So you might ask, what is the United States waiting on? Well, there's been no public outcry to question the United Nations, the United States, to say why are you part of the United Nations, and you don't want to proceed forward with the Convention on the Rights of the Child by simply ratifying this 
that you are supposed to be a member state in agreement with. All right? Now, let me further the mystery. Because the U.S. government actually played a role in drafting this. The same thing they won't ratify. They played a major role in drafting it. All right? And there were different parts during even Ronald Reagan's administration that was dealt with. And then Madeleine Albright in 1995 with the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations signed at the convention. But then when it comes into U.S., it needs to be ratified. And they have not yet done this, like with many other treaties, all right? The Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination was only ratified 28 years after being signed by President Lyndon B. Johnson, all right? So there have been various presidents that have been in support but still didn't get it ratified, all right? So even currently, this administration has not yet gotten this ratified, but I know y'all say, well, wow, with all other stuff, they can't even get passed through the U.S. Congress. This might be sitting on the back burner. Very true, but very critical. So I would challenge you to go online today and actually download a copy of the Declaration of the Rights of the Child. And once you read it, you help me understand why the U.S. would not sign this. I'm going to read you the opening of it. Whereas the peoples of the United Nations have in the Charter reaffirmed their faith in the fundamental human rights and in the dignity and worth of human persons and have determined to promote social progress and better standards of life and larger freedom, there's that word again, of life and larger freedom, whereas the United Nations has in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights proclaimed that everyone is entitled to all the rights and freedoms set forth therein without distinction of any kind, such as race, color, sex, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth, or other status, whereas the child, by reason of his physical and mental immaturity, needs special safeguards and care, including appropriate legal protection, before as well as after birth, whereas the need for such special safeguards has been stated in the Geneva Declaration of the Rights of the Child of 1924 and recognized in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and in the statutes of specialized agencies and international organizations concerned with the welfare of children, whereas mankind owes to the child the best it has to give. Now, therefore, the General Assembly proclaims this declaration of the rights of the child to the end that he may have a happy childhood and enjoy for his own good and for the good of society the rights and freedoms herein set forth and calls upon parents, upon men and women as individuals, and upon voluntary organizations, local authorities, and national governments to recognize these rights and strive for their observance by legislative and other measures progressively taken in accordance with, and there are a series of principles that follows. And so you will find that there are ten different principles. So I would recommend that you download the Declaration of the Rights of the Child. You can look up the Convention on the Rights of the Child and download these as PDFs, read them in their entirety. And then email me at G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. Tell me if there is something within it that you think should hold any of these three remaining countries that are U.N. member states from signing this, you tell me why this would not be ratified in these three countries. You tell me why participate in the convention and then not ratify the document that comes forth from it, given what I just stated and given that we want freedom for our children. Okay? So... I want to ask this question of some folks tonight, and I know that on my 
uh, switchboard. I'm seeing a couple of numbers coming up private. One of them should be one of the doctors, someone else who is on that switchboard with a private number. I may not get to your line because I cannot tell who exactly is calling in, but I want to introduce who I'm having as a guest tonight to have this topic discussed because we have a descendant of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Her name is Ariana Leilani. There is the Save Ariana Leilani Coalition. You all can go to www.ariana-leilani.org, www.ariana-leilani.org. You can go on Facebook and type in Save Ariana Leilani, and you will find their page come up. You can also go to www.arianaleilani.com and you will find information on a 10-year-old who happens to be the daughter of Dr. Ariel King, who Dr. King's roots stem from my home island, St. Helena Island, here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. Dr. King has more than 20 years' experience in international public health policy and international management and government and business. Dr. King has developed a unique focus on international public and private partnerships, peace and prosperity through entrepreneurship that delivers concrete results. She developed her business-based approaches based on 20 years of living and working in 11 countries and has traveled to more than 50 countries and leverages those connections she's developed to governments, business leaders, and NGOs worldwide. Dr. King has given presentations internationally on various subjects, including HIV-AIDS, international health policy, national drug policy, medical ethics, health legislation, organ transplantation, and breast cancer. She served on the board of directors of the National Black Women's Health Project, Positive Art Women and Children with HIV-AIDS in South Africa, the Life Foundation, AIDS Foundation of Hawaii, the Black Alliance for AIDS Prevention, and the Ronald McDonald House. Dr. King is a founding board member of Women Impacting Public Policy. She is a Rotarian and is the Washington, D.C. representative for the National Council of Women at the United Nations. She has also been the chair of the Continental Advisory Board of Social Aspects of HIV-AIDS Research Alliance, which is uh, Sahara. Being an expert in international health policy, Dr. King provides advisory and research services through a consulting firm, Ariel Consulting International. Dr. Ariel King is also a member of the Board of Trustees of the Acid Survivors Trust International. So this sister is part of ECOSOC at the United Nations. And so our paths have crossed, and I'm so pleased that they've crossed now to help us save her daughter, Ariana. Leilani. But before I go to her line, 661, 661, I am coming to you. I see that you have been here from the beginning of our broadcast tonight. 661, how honey be this evening? What's going on? Hello? Peace and blessings. How are you? Uh, yeah, hi. This is Roy Morris. Yes, I thought so. This is our other guest for tonight, Roy Morris, who is an MBA. He's a JD. He is a lawyer working right now with the Save Ariana Leilani Coalition. He has expertise in complex litigation case management, economics, finance, telecommunications regulation, administrative law, angel and venture capital, communications and control systems engineering. And so he is actually the former chair of the MIT Enterprise Forum in Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. And so I am so pleased that you are here with us tonight. And we are going to also, and it looks like we may have just dropped Dr. King's line. So if you just hold on, um, Attorney Morris, we definitely want to wait for her line to come back in. I'm going to just take a couple of folks that are on hold, so we are going to come back to you as soon as we see her line come back in because we know that she's on an international line, so that might be one of the reasons that we just saw her drop off of the switchboard. But I'm going to just put you on hold while she comes through. And then I want to come over to someone who is here with us tonight that's on a private line. Good evening. How honored to be. 
Good evening. Yes, hi, King. this is uh, Ariel King calling in. There she is. How are you? Good evening. Good evening. Thank you so very much. And I love the introduction today. Um, I've learned so much about my history, and I just love your show. So thank you. Thank you for the education, and just know I'm going to be tuning in and learning more and more about our Gullah Geechee Nation and our heritage. I'm so incredibly proud of our heritage, and uh, it's extremely important that I learn about our heritage, and then also uh, help to carry it forward on an international basis, including at the United Nations. Excellent. And we are so blessed to have you as part of the Gullah Geechee family, and we are so pleased to have you and Brother Morris tonight here on the air with us to tell us more about what is going on with your daughter, Ariana Leilani, because we know that you are currently over at the United Nations in Switzerland, but she is here in the United States and that she needs medical care. Please tell us what exactly is the condition that your daughter has and how she came to this position where this is now an international cause that we all need to help you so that we have our child in the front and you behind, like we talked about those mothers standing behind the children in the introduction. Um, she is in Washington, D.C. with her father, which is my husband. Um, still, we're separated but not divorced yet. And uh, she has a very, very rare blood and bone marrow disease. It's called severe chronic neutropenia. It basically is a, is a big way to say that uh, she has no neutrophils or white blood cells to fight infection sort of like people that have uh, HIV or AIDS, usually they don't die from HIV infection. They die as a result of not being able to fight common infection. Um, Dr. King, Dr. King, you're yes. breaking up and you're kind of fading out. We're losing you a little. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? It's coming in, but we still have just a little bit of static. It's not clear, clear. Okay, let me, is that better? That's better. That's better. Okay, thank you. My my apologies, especially calling internationally. Um, yeah. So this severe chronic neutropenia means that she has no white blood cells or no neutrophils to fight infection. And um, she started to get this about five years ago, and it's so rare that there's only about 800 people on the international registry with this disease. But most of these people are wow. born with the disease or they have it as a result of um usually an autoimmune disorder. Well, mm -hmm. my daughter doesn't have an autoimmune disorder. She wasn't born with it. And unfortunately, right now, it's highly suspicious that it's likely that it has been, quote, unquote, induced by toxins, which means mm -hmm. that drugs have been introduced into her system that are literally making her sick with this particular disease. Um, even with this disease, she can actually get medicine so she doesn't have the effects of the disease, which is toxic shock, loss of her limbs, her arms or her legs, or loss of her life. There's wow. a medicine that she can get in a shot form, like someone who has diabetes, and with the shot, she won't die. And this medicine is called Nupigen. It's available to her. Uh, I have insurance for her. I've carried insurance for her for four years. Um, my husband has insurance for her. And uh, since she's on the international registry, she can get it for free. But my husband seems to be denying her this medicine that will literally allow her to live. And at the same time, as I said, her disease are of suspicious origin. So we believe that it's been induced by toxins. Now, if your husband is denying her medical care and she's within his care, why is it that... People, I know my listeners are sitting there saying, well, what in the world? What does she mean? How can this happen? You know, why if you have yes. medical insurance, unlike most of the U.S. population, yes. she has medical insurance and she's on the international registry and the medicine is free, why is she not getting the medicine? And with you being an international leader working at the U.N., what is preventing her from getting the injection that you're saying she should get and stopping 
anything from being introduced further into her system that will cause more toxicity. You know, it, it, your question is, is excellent, and there have been international organizations. Uh, even the U.N. has made a query to the United States uh, government, the State Department. The German uh, government, because my, my daughter is uh, a Gelagichi American and then German um, German descendant, so she actually has dual American German citizenship. So the German government said, oh, all of this is failing, and it's our responsibility to make sure that this child doesn't die. And they've also asked the State Department to intervene. Um, there have been countless international organizations, local organizations also in the United States, like Victims' Rights and uh, Justice for Children, or just name some a few. Um, many physicians have written, including the world experts, basically asking and begging, please, I don't want this child to die. We've seen other children die. Why? And to this day, we don't understand directly how it can be that this child is five minutes away from the medical center, sometimes mm -hmm. goes to the medical center to get her blood taken. You can see 30, you know, they, they, they measure 30 different aspects of the blood. 20 of right. them are out of sync with high or low, and they literally let her walk out with no medicine. And you, you keep thinking, is this really possible? Yeah, is this possible? How because is this that possible? sound that sounds like this is some type of lifetime movie network broadcast right now. How does this child go to an hospital? I thought you were going to tell us that oh no, she hasn't been allowed by her father to go and see any physicians at all and here you're saying they're five minutes away from a medical facility, has actually right. been Georgetown to the medical University facility. Medical Center. Yeah. Okay, and they've drawn blood. And yes, even I mean, we have all the blood read, results. They yes, not she was actually any type just of care. sick about six weeks ago with vomiting and um, with a fever, and this is very dangerous for someone. Just think of someone who is like the boy in the bubble or someone who's had chemotherapy. Most people yes. have this disease that she has after getting chemotherapy, right? So wow. then they have no immune system, and you see them with a mask on. This is what she has, and... Um, she was quite ill, was taken to the hospital, and uh, went to the cancer center, Lombardi Cancer Center, and her regular doctor, she has a doctor there, Dr. Uh, uh, Nigel Myers, um, who also, mm -hmm. believe it or not, works with uh, children with sickle cell anemia, Right. <laughs> and um, basically said, oh, no, we, we just think it's a virus. Uh, take her to the World Child Clinic where you have residents who know nothing, you know, they, they, they rotate in and out. They don't know the child. And they did nothing for her. And this was just six weeks ago, and I just know that she is under the protection of something superhuman, supernatural, I would say, our spirits, our gods, because yes. that could That's have been keeping her, her death day. Yes, and that, that is that keeping her, her here. Mm -hmm. Now tell me this. Mr. Morris, I want to bring you into this discussion because I'm okay. sure – People are saying right now, well, wait a minute. There is someone with a law degree sitting here on this broadcast as well. Help us understand from this perspective of law, why is this being allowed? Why isn't some type of intervention happening to remove the child and then make sure that she has the proper screenings and so forth done and the proper treatments done if it only takes what her mother is outlining to us? All right. In the United States, children are treated as property of their parents. And because of that, uh, they are given broad discretion to basically treat them uh, almost any way they wish. It's, you know, it's, it's very selective uh, when you see children removed, and it's very prejudiced the way they do it. In the in the, the Washington D.C., the statistics show that that uh, they take disproportionately of complaints when complaints are mm -hmm. filed. For the complaints that have been filed, they take disproportionately more kids from the poor, the, the, from the, I should say, actually the African American community, not necessarily poor, but from the African American community where the parents are African American than they do from the white 
Caucasian community of Washington, D.C. If you've been to Washington, D.C., you'd probably know it's a relatively segregated city. It has the northwest section, or Ward 3, where we're talking about, which is where Ariana Leilani lives. It's predominantly uh, white, upper-middle class, although she lives in a run-down garden apartment. Uh, The rest of the community is actually quite affluent. And uh, there's a lot of politics to it, because in order to be mayor of Washington, D.C., uh, you have to basically take the carry the opinion of Ward Three uh, in order to win uh, the election. To win an election, uh, you mean to tell me there are right. politics in Washington D.C.? You've got to be kidding us! Yeah, go ahead. Well, it turns out that just around the time, just before Ariana Leilani uh, uh, kind of appeared on the radar of the child protection people of Washington D.C. There were two cases that had come into that came into existence. One was a, a case where it was a black uh, African American uh, uh, woman foster parent who basically killed their children, uh, these the two foster children in in, in Southeast Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there was a there was a couple in Northwest section of Washington D.C. Which who had their who had their child uh, children taken away for a week. Um, they both produced a lot of negative publicity for the mayor of the District of Columbia. One thing, basically saying that they were very uh, they were neglecting kids, and then in the other one that they were overreacting uh, mm-hmm. that they had taken away the the children from the. And it turns out the 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 the, the ward three parents that were taken they were taken away from uh, was a CNN publicist. So they ended up really? in the Washington Post front page article about it, and it became a you know it was very offensive to that entire area. Uh, statistics support what I'm saying. I got we got statistics that that show that that the bias that occurred after these two events occurred. And the disproportionate protection of children uh, between the African American, se- predominantly African American section of the city, uh, versus the um, the the uh, this area, the, uh, the the Ward Three area. Now, of course, this is a particularly complex situation because the father is white, but the child is black, and I think there's a bit of a also bias that isn't this. You know, how could a white man be abusing or neglecting uh, his child? This is we've I've talked we've talked to the attorney general of Washington D.C. and he out of hand just completely dismissed the idea that this even has to be looked into. Are you um, serious? Because someone is yes. asking even in our chat room, why is the father stopping the medication? So basically, they feel that it's. Um, unacceptable in their world that this could potentially happen, that an angry no. man could actually be abusing a black child, or, or what no, is this actually, that you we, say we just think, dismissing it out of hand? We, we think there's a couple of inter- possible motivations. Um, and in the case of the doctor, the sole doctor that is treating her, uh, and who's the, the father uh, was practicing or I should say was practicing at, at Georgetown University Hospital uh, as a fellow and he, he was doing it um, this is a you know after he was you know, you're a resident and you become a fellow right mm-hmm. and so he's this is the one he was normally when child protection gets called what they do is they take the child to Children's National Medical Center to get an independent medical evaluation all right okay. In this case, what they did is they negotiated with the father, which is completely bizarre because if you think that the father is offending, possibly offending, they don't right, negotiate, with, negotiate with, with them. them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you take the child and you follow the protocol. Well, they didn't follow the protocol. They instead let the father take the child to Georgetown, which is where he practiced, to a very specific doctor, who and he gave him 
the doctor his spin on what the circumstances are. And, and, and the notes never reflect the fact that that supposed encounter was supposed to be because a Child Protective Services complaint had been filed. It was, I see. It was in, all right. So the, thought, the, the doctor had gotten, had gotten basically a line, and we also think that to some extent there's some collusion going on. There's a, some collusion going on between the father and this particular doctor. We know mm-hmm. this for a fact because in, when we took this case to court, right, in the District of Columbia, the, there was a private con- conversation that turned out not to be so private that was overheard about how basically they were saying, don't worry, I'll take care of you, you know, you will take care of each other, and we'll cover for each other. And this was a discussion mm-hmm. that ha- happened in the hallway. The, the judge, the judge in that case, to make trying to uh, but, um, let me give me, give me a, a the judge in that case refused to hear any expert testimony, any expert testimony, even to hear it about that would suggest that there's something wrong with what this doctor was doing and what the father might be doing. Instead, she then went off and wrote an opinion, had supposedly wrote an opinion which we don't think she wrote, or it certainly doesn't look like something that a judge would write. And uh, it was completely not. It was not based on anything that was said during the hearing. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was, it was completely, uh, uh, you know, fabricated basically because it didn't mm-hmm. come from the record. Um, we think that it has something to do with the fact that the father's attorney, and possibly, and we think maybe even the father, given the fact that he's a medical researcher and that's his profession. The father's attorney is 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 tightly involved with the with the CIA, and uh, uh, his he he, he you know and the, he has connect, connections to that and also the um, uh, 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 so anyway so so we 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 suspect also and Georgetown by the way has long history of experimentation. For the be- for the benefit of the CIA. So and, we, so, and we, I'm we, sure that if people read the book Medical Apartheid, that they may find some of those things that you're talking about in terms of this type of long history too. Yeah, we we yeah we we think there's there 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 there's clearly a backstory to this that is not uh, on the up and up, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it seems like it it it, it, it seems like um, a, a number of 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 folks um, are kind of like in the know, so to speak, and yeah. uh, and and then uh, and and are basically giving the this this situation a pass at the expense of the health welfare, the health well welfare of this child. Okay. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the, the the decisions that have been made. Defy facts. Too many people are 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 coming to irrational results if they had looked at the facts. And you know, it's objective information. It's not subjective information. Objective, it's not right. like, oh, it's our opinion that. No, she's no, got you to actually be a have documentation, to... right? That oh. can easily stand if you had some clear people who were being objective in the situation based on all that you said, because you have medical documentation, you have the court system documentation, and like you're saying, if you have a statement from a judge that doesn't even match what's in the transcript, that should already be suspect to anyone, not even necessarily a practitioner of law, but just someone that can read through things and then see that one thing doesn't match the other. So this is this is truly a case that that is one that we should not let go of and that we wanted to make sure that all our listeners around the world were aware of because we have never heard of such a situation as this because in the Gullah Geechee Nation, family is built on a godly foundation. So it's like God yes. is the foundation and the first pillars of the family. So for us, it's as if the house is falling if the family is not there. And so that's why it was so critical when I heard of Ariana Leilani to make sure that my listeners also were aware. So I want you all to make sure, and I see some of you in the chat room, you've already gone there. Thank you for doing that. Thank you, thank you for going to www.ariana.com. L E I 
L-A-N-I dot O-R-G. You will see that is Save Ariana Leilani's page. You'll see that there is a petition for an international appeal to President Barack Obama of the United States and the Chancellor Merkel, who is of Germany, to save the life of 10-year-old Ariana Leilani. And you can sign the petition right in the middle of the page. You see a blue emblem with what looks like the world on it because we want all of the world to sign this petition. And so currently I see 3,489 signatures. I'm calling on all of you that are Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fans, our Gullah Geechee followers on Twitter to sign this. As we say, let's blow up the page, let's blow up this petition because we need to bring more Focus to this. We're hearing all these background stories. I know a lot of y'all who listen to the U.S. News, the World Reports, y'all saying, oh, my goodness, you know, you're calling the president, he got enough other scandals busting out from this one and that investigation and that investigation. Well, maybe this needs to be another investigation because it does not make logical sense to have what should be objective material being subjected to this and having a child's life at stake. But once again, remember what I already covered, all right, as the show began. If the U.S. is only one of three in the world, that's part of the United Nations, that would not ratify anything for the rights of the child, then, of course, as you just heard Mr. Morris, Attorney Morris, say, Children in the U.S. are treated like the property of the parents. Gullah Geechee's, I know your stomachs are turning right now because that sounds all too familiar for us to be treated as chattel or property. But you've heard it said and you didn't hear it first by me. I'm repeating the words. That is how the U.S. law looks at the situation. And Ariana Leilani, although she is a U.S. citizen and a German citizen, Germany has embraced her. They're trying to do their part to take care of her, but they cannot now intervene on U.S. soil. So now that is why this petition is here to call on President Obama to come into the situation and say, look, we need to take her. We need to have independent experts look at what has taken place and try to get her the international care that she should have. So please, again, go to www.ariana-leilani.org. Make sure to sign the petition. Then tweet, share it, post it to your Facebook pages. Let's get the word out here. We have a lot of other people's names in our heads every day because we see a lot of news out there about them. I need you all to start the discussions under the oak tree. Have you heard of Ariana Leilani? And they say, who got that for? Then you say, look, it is Dr. King. And the family, but they're from St. Elma. Now, the king ain't dear, your husband dear, your child dear, but the child's sick and he won't get into medical care. And then y'all start to share this story. Get people talking, get the word out. If you're in the media, tune into the broadcast. I pray that you will definitely email me at G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O so that you can take an interest in this story and getting the word out. I can then make connections with Dr. King for you so that you can interview her also. We need you to write. We need you to blog. We need you to tweet. We need you to tell. This is the only reason we had the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Act passed in U.S. law was because we took it to the International Forum. And then when it got to the International Forum, the United States then acted like, oh, oh, sorry, I'm, uh, yeah, we were going to get to it, but they weren't going to get to it until the world started saying, why aren't you taking care of the Gullah Geechee people there? So they need to be asked now, why aren't you taking care of this Gullah Geechee descendant, Ariana Leilani, if you now have this Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Act? It would be the right thing to act like you got some sense and make sure to take care of this child. Intervene because this is U.S. soil. We should not be hearing anything about diplomatic immunity in this regard because she has dual citizenship. So there shouldn't be really an issue. But as you all have heard clearly outlined, because of the backstory that we hope to bring to the front, all right, very soon, is that there are a lot of things that are being covered and a lot of things that obviously have been going on for a while. So in case you all didn't understand sarcasm when I said it earlier, that's why I said, you mean to tell me that politics in Washington? Really? Yeah, really. And you've heard some of it outlined here tonight. And Dr. King, 
I'm sure that um, you are praying every day for your daughter. Know that you have all of us as the Gullah Geechee Nation's leaders. I've already told the Council of Elders and some of our assembly members about her situation. Know that we are in prayer with you each and every day for her safe return to your arms and to the family, and that she will again return to be the multilingual, lovely, beautiful, playing little girl that we can see on the videos, even at the website, and that you've talked to me about over this time frame that we have started to discuss what is needed for your daughter. Do you have any final words that you want the media, the folks listening, um, to know about and that they should do? I, I just want to say thank you to everyone and, and um, to, to say that Ariana Leilani is a very unusual child. God blessed me with her at 41 years old. I've wanted children since I was 10 and uh, wasn't able to have children. But Ariana Leilani was at the United Nations in New York on Rotary Day in October. She was born in May. That child has been international from day one. She's also ran the halls of the United Nations in Geneva. Um, her name, Ariana, is actually after the building that's right next to the United Nations in Geneva. What is she any more any We're losing you again. You're breaking up. Losing she's you. not any more special than any other child. But what she is is she's a representation of how a child can have human rights recognized in one country, Germany. Her father is German, but he's hiding out in Washington, D.C. And how she can be in another country, like the United States of America, and all of a sudden she's not uh, under God, she's not under her family, but she's owned like shadow. And Ariana Livani is only one child that represents all the children, no matter what their nationality, who are on U.S. soil, who literally lose their human rights and have less rights than animals in the United States. So Ariana Livani is a little ambassador. She was called that from a very young age by other people, and I still think this is still so, because she shows how not having human rights for children is not just an intellectual idea. Her not having her human rights respected means that she can literally die right there in the United States, 10 minutes away from the White House, because her right to live, her right for not to be abused, her right for treatment is denied because she has no human rights in the United States of America. There is something wrong with this. So let Ariana Leilani represent not just a case. Let her represent a voice for all children that deserve to have human rights, just like we fought for our human rights to be recognized under God's law, to be recognized as human beings. All children who are on U.S. soil must be recognized to have human rights. Absolutely, and definitely I stand with you in that regard, and I am so pleased that God has it destined that you and I are both here in this universe together at this time and that we have the opportunity to walk and run those halls of the United Nations together and as we, as will. we bring our story. Yes, and we live, yes and that we can continue to not only tell the stories of our ancestors, but of this current generation and a generation that is to be the ambassadors and carry on, which is represented by your daughter, Ariana Leilani. So everyone, if you haven't yet gone to the website, go to the website. If you're on Facebook, type in Save Ariana Leilani, and you will actually like the page there. Or if you go to the page that we've been talking about, www.arianaleilani.org, you'll see that you can like it from there. That way you can keep up with what's going on. But even as you saw tonight on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, you see that her mother is not making it up about her being an international child. You see the image with her and Desmond Tutu on there. If y'all were wondering, saying, hey, that man that look familiar, I've been wondering why. That is Desmond Tutu. And if you go to the other website, you will see her with him and with other international leaders. You'll see her even with President George W. Bush. Um, so this is a real person that we have a real opportunity to help 
for remember when I was reading the right CR and I said, there's that word again, that we have an opportunity to help with freedom for her and for all children to come that no one would feel that they own them but that instead our children are a blessing and that just like our ancestors did with that first decoration day, that those children would be the ones to walk out ahead as the mothers walk behind. So we definitely thank Mr. Morris for coming to the airwaves tonight, and I know I'll be hearing more from you, and the more information you send us, we'll make sure to send our international ease on the conch, and definitely Dr. King, I know I'll be hearing more from you as well, and so I thank you for for all the work you're doing on behalf of not only your daughter, but the human rights of people everywhere. I thank you both for all that you're doing. Peace and many blessings to you. And so for all the hunter chilling, whether Yeti the broadcast and thing like that, you notice you're the queen quite head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. And so for our people, I'm a U.N. permanent representative, and definitely this is an issue that is critical to us all. We cannot say that we want human rights just for ourselves and then not protect our own children. I know that all the mothers that are out there, your hearts are going out. I'm sure there are fathers sitting there thinking of some ways you like to find out how to get this little girl up out of there as well because this is so critical that people are aware. It's not as simple as you think. We A lot of people cheered on about the fact that our wonderful daughter of St. Helena Island, Candace Glover, sang in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Many of you saw Candace going to visit sick children in the hospitals when she was on American Idol. Well, we don't have an opportunity here to go and sing to Ariana Leilani. We don't have a chance to visit her, all right? But what we do have a chance to do is save her so that she can be out here shouting and singing with me and things like that, like she ancestors and been a DuPont in Town Island. So we are definitely waiting for the day that we can have an Ariana Leilani homecoming here for her on St. Helena Island for our ambassador for children's rights. And while you sign the petition for Ariana Leilani, those of you who are into letter writing or you're even on the president's um, page that is on the White House pages where you can actually send in comments and letters and things like that to the White House, not only should you stop to write about Ariana Leilani, but maybe ask, what exactly is going on with the ratification of this convention on the rights of the child and how it would be outstanding if he not only had it ratified, but if he also then reconnected Ariana Leilani and her mother, Dr. King, at such an event and such an activity. We would shout all right, we wouldn't just sing. We'd be singing and shouting because it's sure enough shouting time that our children would still live and not die in the streets is my prayer. I thank Dietrich Haddon for that song that we opened up with tonight because it truly is my prayer that, like the ones before them, they would have opportunity. And so I definitely thank my ancestors for raising me, the elders for raising me, and so that they've given me the opportunity to be a voice, to bring forth not only information during our celebrations, but we thank everybody who celebrated with us at the Gullah Festival and the Soul Food Festival over the weekend. We're going to be talking about those next week on the show, but also for those of you who are standing with us to protect our human rights at all times and through all things. So stand with us and protect the human rights of Ariana Leilani. And I pray that you and your family be blessed this Decoration Day and many more Decoration Days to come. Stay strong. Be safe. Love your family. Take care of the children. Kadisha for the children, for truth. This show the Queen Quite Head from the Body of the Gullah Geechee Nation, hostess of Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Peace, blessings. Thank you, thank you. Thank God for Hunter Chillin'.